This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Carolina hurricane season came to an end Wednesday. We do not start the Stanley Cup Finals until Saturday. The Florida Panthers will sit around for not sitting around. I'm sure they're practicing nine days between games. That is not good for anybody. Uh, but the NHL was at the mercy of the Western Conference Finals and, to an extent, the NBA Finals, which has tons of days between games. There's only one. There's only two games that are separated by just one day off in the NBA Finals. The uh, games three and four will be played on, I believe, it's Wednesday and Friday in Miami. Everything else has it has two days off in between games. Incredible. There'll be a lot of rest in the NBA Finals, which is fine. NHL doesn't generally play that. Uh, anyway, we were hoping the Hurricanes could get there, but they did not. Got swept by the Florida Panthers in the closest sweep I have ever seen, but it was a sweep nonetheless. And how does Carolina go forward on this? I will say this. There's obviously no way that Jordan Stahl won't be part of this team next year. And if it was up to me, the second order of business of the uh, free agents this year is a no-brainer. Jesper Faust must be on this team. Let me bring in my friend Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, and The Athletic, who joins us on The Adam Gold Show. Would you concur that Jesper Faust must be part of this group? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a kind of a no-brainer. It's not like he's going to break the bank and uh, maybe a little bit of a raise. I don't know if you know, his playoff performance is going to make somebody do something stupid and give him a whole bunch of money. But, right. um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a good fit. It's, the question becomes is, you know, where does Jordan Stahl fit in this lineup going forward? Does he slide into more of a fourth-line center role? Does he stay as a third-line center? And where does Jesper Fox fit if he's going to play alongside Jordan, which I think is what we should uh, assume will happen, at least in the regular season. Corey Lavalette is joining us here, and uh, you know Corey is around the team uh, more than I am, um, and still is falling into the trap of numbering the lines. If the head coach is listening, Corey, he's not going to be very happy. Um, yeah, Jordan. I mean, I, he's sort of the identity line: Stahl, Fost, Martinook, right? To what the Islanders have done with you know Clutterbuck, Sezikis, and Martin and uh, Martin, right? An identity line that's actually good. Yes. (laughs) Well done, Corey Lavalette, North State Journal and The Athletic at Corey Lav on Twitter. Uh, Assuming that, yeah, I don't think, I mean, you have to assume that Stahl's probably, you know, pretty close to half of what he got paid in the last 10 years, $6 million a year, right? Yeah, I think three or three and a half seems like it makes sense. I don't know if. I, Tom Dundon's not an overly sentimental type when it comes to giving out contracts, so maybe somewhere else he gets a little more. But I think they get it done. I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem. You know, it's uh, you know, he wants to be here. They want him here. Obviously, the coach. I don't know if the coach could go on without him. No. So uh, I, I think it gets worked out pretty pretty easily. Uh, odds that Max Pacioretty is back here on a one year deal. I feel like that's probably going to happen. I mean, he hung around the team all season long, even after the second Achilles tear. Uh, the big question becomes, you know, what's the number at? And, you know, I've seen some of those 
prognosticators who try to guess what contracts mm-hmm. are going to be worth, and it's shown up in like the million and a half range. And if it's that much, then it's you know it's a no brainer. That's pretty much the risk <laughs> you took on Andre Kasha last year, right? Right. Uh, knowing that, uh, and he did that he could uh, you know be off the team in any in any second. So uh, I, there's no real harm in in trying to do that and keeping him around. I don't think uh, I just don't know that you can rely on him to be a, a big addition. It's more anything you get out of him will be crazy. Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, and The Athletic. All right, where do you feel like this team fell short of be, of winning any of the games against Florida, which all could have gone either way? I do think that Florida was the better team, but I think in, any of the games could have gone either way. Uh, where do they fall short? Uh, and is it as simple as they didn't have Svechnikov and Patchy Reddy? I mean, that's certainly part of it. I mean, you would have liked to have seen the power play come through in a couple opportunities when it didn't, though I think overall the power play was okay in the in the playoffs. Yeah. It was, it, at times it was good, at times it wasn't. It, it didn't feel like it was ever the reason they lost, uh, unlike sometimes during the regular season. So, uh, you know, there were some opportunities there where they could have, you know, scored on the power play and they didn't. You know, Seth Jarvis hitting the post in game one yeah. comes to mind. That's not a, you know, a situation where you've done something wrong and it and it didn't work out. It's just you know he gets a chance, he hits the post, he probably thinks about it for the off season and comes back and is better because of it. So I mean that that kind of jumps out to me. But certainly you miss Sveshnikov, you miss his physicality. I think more than anything, uh, because that was definitely something they didn't have a whole lot of in the lineup. Corey Lavalette is with us here. Hurricanes, the real the the business for next year starts now. So if you were making a list of priorities for Don Waddell and company in this offseason, we already talked about Stahl and Faust. What is priority one for you? I think if you have to hammer out an extension with Sebastian Ajo, I don't think they're gonna go into this season uh with his contract expiring and let him potentially walk away for nothing so um i think that's like the stall deal i think you know everyone wants to get worried about it because of what happened last time around with his contract but you know i don't think he's looking at 10 million dollars a year or anything mm-hmm. here and given what he makes now you know he makes just shy of eight and a half if he gets a million dollar raise I, the, the the bigger thing might be you know how long is the contract? Are the Hurricanes willing to commit to eight years? Does Sebastian even want to commit to eight years? Would he rather be a free agent again at thirty? Um, so I think that's your that's your number one thing is is figuring that out. And then you know you have other guys on with one year left on your on their deals that you have to think about. You know you got to think about where, what's the future of the defense with Brady Shea and and Brett Pesci. Are you going to keep both of them this year and let them both walk to free agency or try to sign one of them or trade one of them? Or uh, There's a lot There's a lot that could be done here, especially with the amount of cap space they have. They, they do have a, they're among the leaders in available cap space, and there are a lot of players who, have, who already have contracts for next year, so they are in a good spot, except they're looking at the cap the following year when they have so much business that has to get done. Let me before we get to goaltending, Corey Lavalette is here. Let me let me address two quick things uh that they don't have to do, but they probably should do or at least try to do this off season. 
You mentioned Sebastian Ajo, and I agree. That is in job one because I feel like he is the first piece that must be in place for you going forward. Jalen Chatfield is making a league minimum contract next season. I think we both agree that he can, he should be part of the defensive core going forward, whether it's in his current role as a third-pair defenseman or we've seen him play up, and he has been very effective playing up. Uh, would you like to see them sign him to a long-term contract now? Well, yeah, and I mean, that goes back to the whole idea of Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. If you're not going to keep both these guys and, and thinking the way the Hurricanes think, you know, those are guys who are closing in on 30 now, and that's not something they generally like to do too much. Um, you know, is Jalen Chatfield even ready for a top four role next year? So if you do decide to pull the trigger and let's say you trade Brett Pesci, and um, I don't think anybody wants to see Brett go because he's a, been a big part of everything this team has done, and obviously he's a uh, really kind of a bedrock of their defensive efforts there. But you know, you always have to think long-term. Now, at the same time, he's only a year older than Jalen Chatfield. So, um, I mean, you're younger, rather. You're older than Jalen Chatfield. Right. So, um, you know, it's all going to come down to that. I, the good news on Jalen Chatfield is even if you do get him signed to an extension, it's not going to be $4 million or maybe even $3 million. You know, if you can get him signed now before he hits free agency, maybe uh, maybe there's a chance to lock him in at a, at a cheap deal. Oh, I think there, there's every every opportunity. He loves it here. He, this is the place he really got an opportunity to play. And I think you and I probably agree there. There's some offensive upside with him, especially in the system that Rod Brindamore employs. Um, what, what do you do with Seth Jarvis? Do you try to get ahead of it like they didn't get a they, they didn't really do with Ajo because – um, because of the negotiation not working out. By the way, same agent. Uh, Jerry Johansson is the agent for Sebastian Ajo and Seth Jarvis. Do you get ahead of Seth and try to go long-term? You know, I asked him uh, just that. I said, you know, Co- you know, Kokinemi signed the big extension. Is that something you're interested in? And he's, he actually said to me, we got to get Fishy signed first. So uh, <laughs> even, he's, uh, even within his own agency, he's uh, he's – He's number two on the on the to do list for the off season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know everyone's gonna look at the numbers and say he took a step back this year. I think he took a huge step forward. I agree. Just um, has became a really magnificent two way player. Says he plans to get stronger so he doesn't get pushed around as much. You saw that re- little reverse hit he had on Radko Gudis yep. uh, in the Florida series. He's not afraid to throw the body and be physical and go to hard places. He's the kind of guy to me that should be a centerpiece of the organization going forward. And man, he's just 21. And I think just, I think he's, he's going to be a star in this league. And if you can find a way to, uh, to, to tie him down uh, now before he has that big breakout season that I think is coming, um, that would, that could be huge for the future of, uh, you know, the hurricanes cap situation and the franchise as a whole. Yeah. Your, your, your point is one I absolutely share in that the numbers didn't improve, but Seth improved greatly. I thought he was, you know, he wasn't their best forward in the postseason, but he might have been one of their best two or three forwards in the postseason just for the way he played and how he impacted the game. All right. Would 
Would you try to sign Martin Natchez? Would you try to just make him play a, a, a prove-it season? Or would you take that contract and that value and try to parlay him into a legit number two center who could play uh, really good, heavy top mid, top six minutes uh, in your forward line? Yeah, I mean, I think the options are all there, like you said. I, I'm not sure that signing him will be a priority just because mm-hmm. he'll have arbitration rights. That makes things a little stickier because he'll have a little bit of leverage after next year. Um, so, to me, I think that probably uh, the plan would be to let him play out this year and see where he's at. But, to your point, he's never going to have higher value than he has right now because of the season he had and because of the, the number he has on his, you know, on his spreadsheet right now. Yep. $3 million, uh, that's a bargain for the Hurricanes, don't get me wrong, but that's also going to be a bargain for a team that, uh, is in a cap crunch that's like, well, maybe we can swap Mark, you know, player X that makes six million dollars for Natchez at three million dollars. Um, you know, you look around the league, you look at teams like Toronto that could be making a big change if they said, you know, you know, we want to make William Nealander part of a package for Martin Natchez. You know, Natchez is a dynamic player. Uh, William Nealander is a point per game player. Um, but there's risk involved in all that. Obviously, there's not a you know, there's not a contract beyond next year, but I, I love guys like Travis Konechny, and I don't know that center has to be the priority. I, I think you and I diverge on this yeah. a little bit on, on how good Yesteri Kokinemi is going to be. Um, I think he had a good half of the second year, and I think you give that one more shot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Martin Natchez's value is never going to be higher. So if you're if you don't see him, in that same Seth Jarvis mold as this is a guy we have to go forward with and we can't win without, uh, you have to at least look around. I mean, they looked, they used him last year and looked around. You know, the, the guy who carried the Panthers, uh, at least up front, into the Stanley Cup Finals was, you know, the guy that was Martin Natchez was dangled for. So, um, you know, we'll see what, what happens with, with Natchez. But uh, good year for him, and if he does come back and play, it's it's on a great it's on a yeah. great deal. Oh, it is. and that's that's what and you and I both know the organization pretty well. They love value contracts, which is why Jalen Chatfield is going to be part of this team going forward, uh, and honestly, why Martin Natchez was never going to move uh, unless he it was in a blockbuster, and I don't think they'd move him now unless it's for in a blockbuster deal because at the very least, Natchez is going to be worth sixty points. At three million per, and that is incredible value for that type of player. The first two thirds, the first three quarters of the season for Natchez were spectacular. It's the end of the regular season and the postseason that everybody is surprised at or uh, disappointed at. I was frankly shocked that in the Athletic Corey, when they did the worst players of the pre of the postseason, that it was Yesse Puljujarvi. Who I don't know what what anybody's expectations were for Puyo Yarvi. Uh, he he is what we thought he was. Um, Natchez was the guy who was really disappointing for me in the postseason. But I look at him and I say, if he just gets stronger and plays with a little just a little bit more determination in the middle of the ice, that could be that's that's a guy that could be game changing. Yeah, and you know I. I don't think anybody missed Andre Svechnikov more than Martin Natchez because they, they played together a lot. Svechnikov creates a ton of space on the ice. Yeah. I mean, just 
because of his skill, because he's not only a threat to shoot, but to pass, and then his physicality. And that's where the drop-off happened to me, is Svech went down, and um, Nate just kind of, you know, unless he was playing three-on-three when, you know, (laughs) he can use skating and there's a lot of space out there, there just wasn't a lot of space for him to do a lot of damage on the perimeter. Um, Yeah, and Pugliarvi, I mean, we'll see what happens with all that. But obviously, uh, that was a, you know, shot in the dark that didn't work out. Right. All right. I agree. And I honestly I could see them bringing him back on a uh on a prove it deal, you know, uh you know, a million million and a half uh and have no problem moving on from him if they uh if they had to. Uh final thing very quickly. Frederick Anderson or Antti Ranta or somebody else to pair with Pyotr Kachekov next season. I think it comes down to what the numbers are. Um, you can afford to give Frederick Anderson the same contract he just had, at least uh, dollar-wise. You know, $4.5 million is not going to be too much right. to give him. And it gives Kachekov a season to ease into being a full-time NHL guy. Kachekov's the future, I think. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, so you're not going to go and bring in a, somebody like Tristan Jari who's going to want multiple years or whatever. Um, and there's not a great market of guys out there. You know, if, if you believe Kachekov could play 50 games, then maybe you look at a guy like Semyon Varlamov, who helped usher Ilya Sorokin right. into a number one role. Uh, but that's not a guy who's going to play 40 games himself. And um, that's the question with for me with Antti Ranta, too, is he, he really kind of maxes out at 30. And can you count on Kachekov to play 52 if, you're, if he's playing 30? Right. Um, so I think, you know, you see what's out there, you know, you see what's out there for Anderson from other teams. He probably boosted his value a little bit with, with his postseason. Um, but I think a priority also has to be uh, a really legitimate number three goalie. They were fortunate to have Kachekov this year to, to jump in. You're going to need to go get an Alex Lyon type to you know, be able to play if Anderson goes down and you're down to just Kachekov. Yeah, I'm, uh, nobody's bullish on Yanni Peretz. I like uh, I like the kid from Quinnipiac. Uh, we'll see if he has some sort of a future two-year entry-level deal. Uh, Corey Lavalette. A little early. Huh? Uh, yeah, a little yeah. Early. maybe maybe a little, a little early. early. But I mean, he doesn't give up goals, uh, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of a good thing. Um, Corey Lavalette. I'll talk to you again because uh, this is what we do. Yes, sir. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.